You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, and this is a special bonus series called The Comedy Chronicles. My name is Holly Shaw, and I always wanted to try stand-up comedy, and so I finally did. Come with me on my journey into the world of open mics and dirty jokes from the perspective of a performance coach and also just an everyday woman looking for an outlet to mouth off and speak her mind. Hey there, this is Holly, and this week we actually have a special guest on this uh, episode of Comedy Chronicles. I dusted out my podcasting equipment, and I sat down and I interviewed Billy Presida. Now, if you don't remember, Billy Presida was on the show last year uh, in episode 20, talking about vulnerability is sexy. Billy is an interesting guy, and... uh, I'll share with you a little bit more about him later, but he's the basically the gist of it. Why you want to keep listening is he has a really successful podcast called the Man Whore Podcast, where he talks about sex and dating and past relationships. And um, he's a really interesting character. And um, yeah, so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that conversation. I did want to take a minute to mention to all you comedians out there listening, especially Bay Area comedians, I'm actually going to be starting an open mic. It's going to be called the Comedy Lab Open Mic. And it's going to be on Mondays uh, at Monahan's on the hill in Oakland, California. And this is a really exciting mic. I'm excited about it. It's a little different. Um, If you've ever been to Exit Theater, they do uh, a similar thing there, which is where I got the idea. But um, what it is, is you show up, you sign up, and then you get a writing prompt. So you'll draw a writing prompt from a hat, and then you get 30 minutes to write, just free form on on that prompt brainstorm, go out in the hallway, say things out loud, go smoke a joint, whatever your process is. You have 30 minutes to do that. And then we start the open mic where people get up and uh, share what they just did. And you get time on the mic to actually work out uh, the new material that you just came up with. So my the idea for this is that it's a fresh new place to work on on material, get a concentrated time to be creative, um, and also get up and perform. So I'm excited to start that. I've got Tito Gonzalez helping me host that, um, and I'm, I plan on bringing on some other fabulous hosts. I'm looking for other fabulous female comedians, women comedians out there. So if you're in the Bay Area, you're you're a woman comedian, and this sounds like a fun thing, and you're interested in helping me host it, definitely reach out for me for that. Otherwise, show up, work out, have fun. The first one is going to be June 17th, Monday, June 17th. And then from there, it's either going to be semi-monthly, twice a month, or once a month. So, so be on the lookout for that comedy lab. June 17th, Monahan's on the Hill in Oakland, California. Sign-ups start at 6.30. Yeah, so Billy Proceda. Billy Proceda was a former guest here on the podcast. Really funny guy. And he's actually going to be coming to Oakland, California. That's why I was like, Billy, I got to have you on the podcast. I was just dying to talk to him about stand-up comedy. He's a stand-up comic. He's been doing it a lot longer than I have. 
And he's always ripe for some interesting conversation about about just about anything that you bring up with him. He will talk to you at length about it. So here is me interviewing Billy Persida talking about stand-up comedy. I would say New York is definitely more cutthroat, but we also have more comics and we have more better comics. Like we have so much talent and such high levels of talent that, yeah, like you're definitely, you know, fighting for those spots and you just got to get better. And if you're really fucking good and it's like that Bill Burr quote, be undeniable. Uh, but, you know, so I do my stand up and, and I do that and I work on my bits and I do the shows that I get booked on. And I also produce like eight or nine episodes of a podcast every month. And, you know, since that's where a lot of my income comes from, I do focus on that. Uh, I'm doing a producing a couple of live shows outside of New York City. Plus, I got my man whore con in August, uh, which not only am I organizing that whole weekend, but there's like another live show within that weekend. So, you know, I got a lot of work to do, a lot of things I'm pumping out there. Um, think projects I would like to start at some point when I have the time and, and resources for them. But yeah, still plugging away, doing the man whore podcast. And uh, like you said earlier, I am coming out to Oakland on June 1st and I'm going to be doing a, a live show out there. Uh, that, that one's actually going to be with my, my baby sister, Kelly. Yeah. Does uh, she live out here? Is that what? Yep. Uh, her, both. Yeah. Both of my sisters live in the Bay area and, when I realized I was going to be doing a show in Oakland, I thought it would be interesting. I tried to get both sisters, but one of them was like, no way. So uh, one is better than none. And I thought we'd have an interesting, you know, o- open and honest conversation, which is how I've always built the podcast is they're just open and honest conversations, typically between former intimates. But um, there's a different type of intimacy in familial relations and we'll definitely be able to talk about stuff I haven't talked about on the show a whole lot. You know, what was I like growing up? What's it like having a brother who is so open about maybe too open about his sex life on the internet? Um, what our family dynamic has been like, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a fun show. And then I'm also going to have a monkey wrench in there. I'm going to have a board with like, I don't know, 20 TMI facts about Billy and the plan is to auction off a buzzer in the beginning of the show and whoever you know quote unquote buys the buzzer for the show can interrupt the show at any time call out a number and we will stop what we're talking about and read that fact Um, and then either talk about it or try to awkwardly segue back into what we were discussing it's going to be a fun show that's fun that sounds fun yeah and it's in a uh, like a fun little small intimate cafe type of venue. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to Oakland. Nice. And I know that you had mentioned. I, by the way, I'm thinking about bringing my sister there because she's because I have a sister, it, an older sister. It is family night. That's yeah, great. it is family yeah. night, and she's always. It's funny because she's always been like the more sex positive one. And I'm sex positive, but I'm just like the boring kind. That's just like I'm more of a voyeur, and I do my own private. <laughs> stuff and I'm monogamous more or less you know so um what's the monogamous more or less uh, more or less um I mean I'm a serial monogamous you know like I'm a monogamist and uh I guess I the more or less is like I'm slutty when I have to be to get what I need 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I found myself in polyamorous relationships where they're polyamorous and I'm monogamous with them. Uh, Wait, are you single? I thought you were married. No, I'm single. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Did you not know? <laughs> no. Yeah. I thought you had a- no, I have a kid, um, but I'm I'm totally single. Um, yeah, and uh, and trying to to refuse the temptation of sleeping with um, comedians in the Bay Area right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, good luck. I it's so it's like that's who I'm around all the time, right? It's like I'm getting these I'm meeting <coughs> all these like really strange and wonderful nerdy guys. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know why I'm going. Why? How do we get on this? This is what you do. You're doing. You're doing you on me. Ah, um, talking into all I do is ask questions and people give answers. <laughs> I know. I love that it's my show, so I could take all of this out if I want to. Yep, that but, is- uh, <laughs> that's it. That's why I'm like vomit of the mouth. That's why I never talk about these things because I don't know where my boundaries are. Yeah, let's talk about you. Sure. <laughs> What do you talk about in your stand-up? Because I imagine it would be pretty difficult. Like you've got, um, you're so, you've become such an activist, whether you want to be, whether you think of yourself that way. I'm trying so hard not to be. I know. It's so difficult and tiring and it's not funny. And so I just, I just want to be, I don't, I don't want to have, I don't want to care about stuff, but the present administration is so bad. It's like all I can think about. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget the right jokes. I'm too busy trying to figure out how to convey to an audience. Y'all should care about this. It's important. Uh, and then I forget to write a joke somewhere in between that. Yeah, I, I hate caring. I, I want to not care. Someone help me. But so it's changed your comedy, I'm sure. Like, you can't, you can't, yeah, like, not punch in the funny same direction. I uh, well, I don't believe in that whole punch direction shit. I, that is... That's always been I kind of get the idea and like maybe I think the terminology is stupid. Uh, There's no bunch in left and right and up and down. We're just we're just saying whatever we comes to mind that might be funny. And sometimes it may not be chill, but that's in it at the core of comedy. We have to say the thing to find out if it was chill. Sometimes people post like a I don't know something though like someone's fucking recording at a comedy club and they record like I don't know let's say Bill Burr saying something that's like quote unquote offensive that might have been Bill's first and last time ever even trying that joke or doing that joke in that way because he has to do it to then go like how did the audience react how did I feel saying it is there a is it maybe a like a better way to phrase it that doesn't have this effect like you might just be catching them saying it the it might have been a riff they might have even written it it might have just been a stream of consciousness that came to their head and then afterwards like oh my god i can't believe i said that but now it's on youtube with five million views and they're being yelled at it's like these are people who don't know how comedy works now if that ends up in the netflix special that's very different um, but yeah, so I don't believe in all that fucking directional punching shit. I'm just trying to say what I think is funny. I think it's hard. Like comedians have to work shit out. They have to like 
pushed to the edge and then sometimes they're going to go over it. Like I see that a lot. You see that a lot in open mics, right? Where people like are just beginning. They're not that good or they're, they are, but they're just working something out and it's like, hell if you got to find the lines. We don't know where the lines are. Yeah. You just, we're getting, we're getting there. That's why the open mic is uh, the comedy. Basically anywhere where stand up comedy is happening needs to be literally the only place where you can say some of that stuff. Um, it is the place where we're going to say things so you don't have to because there are things maybe you're thinking, but you can't say because you'll get fired. It's OK. We're getting paid to say it. Uh, also, the people who dissent are actually a lot smaller than, you know, than you'd think. They're just very loud. They have that they, they have a blue check mark and a lot of followers and they're loud. Is there anything that you don't talk about? Like. Or is there anything, any place that you won't go? It's not that anywhere I won't go. It's I'll go wherever I think is funny. Um, I just happen to find the sex stuff to be both funny and not funny. Uh, like, I like to talk about sex stuff. Like, the sex party is not going to be the thing that is funny to me. Because to me, sex parties aren't that crazy or outlandish, right? However... The sex party might be like the setting of something that I saw that was funny. Like I might talk about going to Bukaki and the Bukaki is not the funny thing. It's not even the punchline. It's the setup. The funny thing was that some dude was in the middle of us all fucking the same woman was like, hey, it's is it mirrors that smell like weed in here? That's and then I think about the guy in the apartment, the, the dude's place was it was he was like, oh, sorry, that's our neighbor's. We have poor ventilation. So then I was like, oh, is there like a dude in the apartment next door smoking a bowl? And he's turned to his buddy like, dude, is it me? Or does it smell like six pairs of balls and a vagina in here? Like, that's funnier to me. The thought of like, oh, what's the guy on the other side of the Bukaki thinking? Because we can smell him. But the Bukaki itself isn't funny to me. So I like trying to find, um, I guess, the normalcy in the absurdity. Or the absurd, I don't know. So I used to have a good quote for that. <laughs> um, I talk a lot about the sex. I talk about bodies and weight and dieting. I talk about gambling. Uh, and I talk a bit about family. And, you know, I'm just working on all those bits as I build up my act up. Things that you're passionate about. Yeah. I was like... Um looking at some things on Twitter and I saw some women that really don't like you and feel like you've been <laughs> abusive. And I was like, I'd like to make my own decisions about people, you know, and that sometimes you? makes me unpopular too. And I'm also like a diet in the wool feminist, me too, or stand by her, you know? So I have to admit I paused and I was like, well, I can only go off the experience I had with Billy. No, you know, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, I, I'm starting to get a little bit more and more comfortable in the vague accusatory language that these like random people on the internet, some of whom I've never met say, I think the abuser word in particular that bothers me so much, it seems to be stemming from an ex-girlfriend who is saying I'm an emotionally abusive person. Okay, Uh, but her and her friends have been using publicly abusive instead of emotionally abusive because they know that abusive sounds like I hit somebody and emotionally abusive is a more 
vague kind of subjective thing. I mean, cause I could say the exact same about her. I have screenshot. We, we have both texted horrendous things to each other cause hurt people hurt people. And you know, it, it wasn't a clean breakup, but it looks a lot like a lot of people's breakups in my opinion, maybe not yours, maybe not someone else's. Um, but yeah, so it, I do get uncomfortable when, when they say abuser. Cause I'm like, you know that that's not what you're saying. Like, you know what you're doing when you say that, and you know it's not what you mean. Like, if it, that's why we say, have the term emotionally abusive, because if you say abuser, you'd be like, oh, my God, he hit you. And you'd be like, oh, no, no, no. He was just shitty via text message. Oh, it's like those are a world's different things. So that's that's at least what I, I am assuming that they're talking about, because to my knowledge, I've not hit anybody or abused anyone physically. And uh, when you ask the peop- those people on, the, on Twitter who don't like me, they don't seem to want to give any specific examples. So I'm kind of left to uh, n- nothing. Yeah, I'm kind of left to being like, eh, I don't know what we're talking about, but you seem mad. Right, right. Well, and I'm just curious, Billy, all this makes me wonder, like, do you ever consider... Does it ever just really fucking get to you? I mean, you're when when something happens like dramatically between or traumatically between you and a partner. I mean, it's like we all have things that come up in relationships. Like our shit comes up, our shadow comes up, like it stirs up our darkest, sometimes ugliest parts of ourselves. And then to have like people publicly sort of in tweet twitter wars with you over these things and and it it sort of prolong what i what i'm saying is it prolongs the healing of that like it prolongs the yeah. like you can move through it but then the next day you look and somebody else isn't over it so then you feel like you have to answer them and for me well, social I'm media the, i'm learning the answer okay. less and engage less in it okay it's only going to Again, until somebody wants to give me like a specific thing I did, like, hey, Billy, you did this. I can't do anything about it, right? Because if I don't know what we're talking about, I can't apologize. I can't take corrective action. I can't dismiss it. I can't contextualize it. I can't do anything about it because I don't know what we're talking about. And when you press these people from from what I've been told by others who have tried, uh, they don't really give you much. So I'm trying to let a lot of that go. Or, and then I'm always in a deep thought of like, oh, did, you know, I look, I apologize to people on the regular because like I fuck up frequently. Nothing major, but sometimes I'll be like, oh, I said a thing that could have been better. And then I'll text someone and be like, hey, sorry if that came off like not great. Most of the time I'm being oversensitive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wonder if like you ever consider like ending this like do you ever consider uh, stopping or are you just all about it you love it it's just I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna let what's probably a total of 50 to 200 people stop me from doing what i really enjoy doing um because and because those they're the very they're the small faction of hate to say it but like liberalism sex positivity you pick which over you know umbrella group they're they're the they're an extreme faction that is just never going to be happy i could cure cancer and i could end all the rapes in the world and they'd still figure out a way to not like me so i'm just not going to worry about making them like me Um, i think if people hear or ask if they have the audacity to ask a question 
to find out more information. I think they're going to find that like a lot of things that people are mad at me about are things that all of us go through and do every day. You know, I mean, I think a great example of that was my episode. I think it's episode 260, I think, um, with my ex Shay, who is genderqueer, who I mentioned earlier. And they came on the podcast um, recently. And that is one that's one of my two ex-girlfriends post-college. So I haven't had like a lot of like really intense you know, romantic relationships. This was one of them. And this is one of the people who has been part of this like anti Billy train who has publicly said some things that like, I know I didn't agree with, or I thought were misrepresenting, but I, you know, try not to engage in it. And I think when you listen to that episode, you will hear something that's a lot messier and grayer than what a tweet or what a Facebook comment would suggest. So, uh, if anyone thinks I'm a monster or is now worried, I might be a monster. I encourage you to go check out that episode because that was also like the most emotionally taxing episode I've ever done. Uh, that one was really, really difficult and I had to sit with that one for a bit, but, uh, but yeah, so no, I don't, I don't consider quitting over what a very small number of people think just those small number of people just happen to be very loud. And, you know, I just, I've been learning them to use the mute button on Twitter and uh, when I got my core group of people where I'm like, if I am nervous, I did something or said something that wasn't OK. I have people who know me in my life who I trust to say, no, that was fine or that's kind of dick, but it's fine. Or, yeah, that that's not cool because they're going to tell me from a place of concern and care. And a lot of these people on Twitter, they don't care. They just like yelling. Yeah. It's it's just very commendable. Like lesser things have happened to artists that have taken them down, and I just and so I just I just I, I find you endlessly fascinating, and I don't want to go and repeat like the episode that we did previously because we already talked about all this. But it's just like it's fascinating to me how you manage, how you cope, and I'm kind of because I'm I work with people who are highly visible and and deal with that. That's just a really fascinating thing for me. And so I want to, I just, I'm curious, like, have you ever thought about writing a book about, I feel like that would be like, if, if you were to write a self-help book and I know just even saying that you're probably like, like fucking never, I have advice for no one, but if you were, it would be like standing in the fire or I don't know some shit like that, but like, just, I feel like that, that would be your that that's where you have this wisdom and this sort of strength that is, I'm just really curious about it. I got books in me. Uh, I don't know if I've considered that one just yet, but, uh, but I do have, I do have some books in me. And as soon as I get that, I got several things. I know. And the only self, I, I don't think I would do a self help, a self self help book. Uh, I do have a self help pamphlet. I want to do at some point, uh, you know, how to throw a gangbang. But other than that, I haven't really, there's no self-help stuff uh, I'm too passionate about. Still trying to fix myself. But there's some uh, some autobiographical book things I would like to write one day. Um, more like comedic <coughs> memoirs kind of a thing? No idea what they're called. I am not that smart. I'm a fake smart person. But I have things I would like to say and share and things I think some people would be able to connect with and resonate with, whether it's stuff about like, you know, my body dysmorphia or my gambling addiction or this crazy, wacky, wild sex and dating life I've had. 
Yeah. Well, I have really enjoyed talking with you and I am excited for when you come to Oakland, June 1st at the Octopus. Are there still tickets available? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can go to com slash tour. Uh, it's at the Octopus Literary Salon in Oakland at 7.30 on June 1st. Uh, it's cheaper to buy the tickets online, but if you forget, just come show up. You can buy tickets at the door. Yeah, it's a small room though. So people should yeah. like, it's an intimate space, I should say. You should buy it's tickets. A, yeah, we yeah. Should, you should buy tickets so that like yeah. I feel better and so that you save money, but you can also buy tickets at the door. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited to see you. I haven't never met you. I feel like I've met you in person and I realized I have not. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. So that will be very cool. Anything else that you wanted to mention, talk about anything? Uh, yeah, I, you can come follow me on social media at the Billy Presida on Twitter and I'm on Instagram at Billy is Presida, uh, because Instagram took down my first one. And uh, I hope you keep your slutty stuff in the episode. I challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I'm going to listen to it you and should. just kind of like not, decide. It's, a, it's nothing like outlandish that you, you know, <laughs> need to hide it from anyone. Yeah. I'm not as vulnerable as you are. Try it out. All right, cutie. I'll see you. And if you're interested... You might consider going like if you the way people do get on shows is they go to open mics. Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna just, go. To, I'm gonna go to mics while I'm in town. It's just okay. like it. It'll be kind of rough to try to get booked via mics because there's just such a short period of time. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, worst case scenario is I come do you know I'll do some mics and pop around and still work on my stuff or you know so it's all good. Yeah, cool. Well, then maybe I'll see you around at those two. Sounds good. Good. I'll see you later. All right. Bye. Cheers. Well, there you go. That was Billy Presida getting me to be vulnerable. How about that? That's what he does. That's what he's good at. And he got me. So you should come check him out. You should check out his podcast, The Man Whore Podcast. Or better yet, come join us. I'm going to be at his show as well. And you can come see him June 1st at the Octopus in uh, Oakland, California. Just search for um, Man Whore Podcast Live Tour in Oakland, California, June 1st at the Octopus. You can get tickets on Brown Paper Tickets. Get them now. All right. Hope you have a beautiful, funny, wonderful day. Enjoy your comedy lifestyle. My name is Holly Shaw. <laughs>